Episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing all right. I'm actually a little bit still taken aback of that horror of a tech story that you told before we started taping here. <laughs> and uh, okay. that's an ultimate nightmare. And yeah, I'm not sure how much we can go into that, but let's say that there was what, six or seven restarts involved when your machine wouldn't boot back up? And yes. How to tackle that. That's that's what we call a, a stressful situation. <laughs> or in my case, a long time of, why the fuck is this not starting? That's a, that's yeah. a simple answer. It's like, why the fuck is this not starting? Okay, by the fourth or fifth time, it was like, what the fuck do I do now? Okay, I'm going to do uh, this. And then I did it and it restarted. Right. And then I booted into recovery mode Checked everything out. It says it's fine. It's like okay, yeah. System reinstalled. Well, maybe as a, as a PSA here, just just really off topic. But what we're going to talk about today. But tell us the key command. Now you're on a Mac, obviously. So yes, maybe you can walk us through the, the key commands of what you did to kind of get it back up and running. Well, when it wouldn't restart and wouldn't just boot from the disk, I ended up doing the what they call the reset of the PRAM which is mm -hmm. command option P and R all at the same time when you start up the machine. And then it goes, does a famous Mac sound. And then it, I usually wait a second time. They say you only have to wait for the first one, but I always wait for a second one. It goes again. And as it was yeah, starting the <laughs> second time, I actually held down command R to boot it into recovery mode and check the whole machine out and seemed to say it was okay. But then it was a system reinstall. And once I did that, the machine booted up just fine. Like no problems. So yeah, and uh, that's a little. Ever since side. then, you've had a drinking problem. Right? Yes, <laughs> I started drinking heavily <laughs> last night. Anyway, that would make it a side issue to what we're talking about today, which yeah. is side chaining. Yeah, Did I just we stick have a, a. I think that was pretty pretty smooth. Actually, I, I'm a little bit impressed. But we had a request from listener Mitch Winthrop to talk about side chaining and more precisely Mitch asked about side chaining on the MPC live which I believe he had just recently picked up and couldn't find any info on. Yes. But before we go to specifics about the MPC, what the heck is side chaining, Jody? Side chaining is using a different signal to act as a trigger for a compressor on the signal you wish to have duck underneath a particular other sound or situation. That is how I right. think about side chaining. How about you? Yeah, I think about it in pretty much the same way. It's we're using something to control or trigger a compressor on something else. Yes. Generally, that's not the only use that we have, but we're using something as a source to trigger the, a compressor as opposed to the signal itself that it might be on. Right. Sometimes that there can actually other... be frequency driven as well. It doesn't have to just be a compressor, but you can use an EQ, so to speak, to maybe notch out a very specific frequency if it's kind of that thing and use that frequency to trigger a compressor as well. That's what DSing essentially is. DSing is sort of like a side chain for a very specific frequency in the vocal range or in some kind of harsh EQ range. Right. And there are other things that are part of certain compressors. Not all compressors have a side chaining function, but some of them have it built in also where 
react to just a part of the frequency spectrum. Let's say you want the low end to, to kind of just trigger or the low end is triggering the compressor too much. You can roll off that so it just affects where it's triggered by the high end. And that, that's so you can have that EQ sort of functionality built in. And, and Logic's compressor actually does that where it's it's built in where you can have a certain part of the frequency spectrum trigger the compressor. Sure. And well. the other thing that should be noted is not all DAWs are capable of doing side chaining. That that's true, I believe. And if I'm not no, it is true. Entirely off the rails. And if I'm not <laughs> entirely off the rails here, I believe a certain co-host is using one of those DAWs. Am I correct in that? Yes, you are. It's Luna. Luna definitely does not do side chaining as of this episode's recording. Hopefully, at some point in the mm -hmm. future, they will add it because enough people have been bitching about it that it is needed. Other things that can use it or do use it, certain hardwares like the MPC Live, which we will talk about later today, also can do side chaining. Mm -hmm. So it, it depends right. on your DAW or your hardware unit as to whether or not you can use it for side chaining. So, but that brings up a question here that I would like to ask is, do you actually actively use a lot of side chaining? I mean, do you use side chaining in every mix? No, no, I do not. Yeah, me neither. I do use it on occasion and it has more to do with what needs to get priority in a mix. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, there is a mix that I did recently for a song where the effects that I have going on the vocal, which is more of a delay happening, was interfering with the next line of the vocalist. So in order to get it out of the mm -hmm. way, I ran the output of the delay to a bus and then put a compressor on it and side-chained it to the lead vocal that was it was stepping on, so to speak, and got it out of the way. I was ducking it down. I still got the cool effect of the delay, but once the next vocal kicks in, it's not stepping all over that vocal. That's a handy technique. That's it is. When I'm using side chaining, that would probably be the the closest to the top where I might use it first to just have that vocal trigger the side chain so that, you know, it lowers the the delay or, or whatever effect is on there in turn. And just to kind of give clarity to that, because it can get smeared and you can, if you use this technique, you can actually get away with a little bit of a louder delay mm -hmm. because it just gets ducked out of the way. So that's a handy technique. So how do you go about doing that? When you set that up, how do you do it in, in Logic? Because it's obviously not happening in Luna. Well, the audio that I wish to duck, usually... It, it depends. If it's an effect, I'm going to run the effect on a bus. If it's the actual audio itself, I can set up a compressor on that channel strip. And the great thing about using Logic's compressors to do it, or most DAWs that allow you to choose what's going to drive the sidechain trigger, you can set it up on the output or the channel strip that needs to have that ducking or the sidechaining to, to bring it down or bring it up, whichever direction you're going with it then you can run your input based on the other channel or audio that you wish to do it with. So it, there's other times to do it where you maybe you want a kick to be more prominent than the bass. Yeah, that's and a so common you would one set well. a compressor up on the bass and you would sidechain it with the input from the kick. That way when the kick happens, the compressor is ducking the bass out of the way and you get the full effect yeah. of the kick thumping you in the chest or the face or the eyes or ears or however you want it to thump you. And then it gets the bass out of the way. Right. And as soon as the kick is done, the bass zips right back up. And most of the time you don't notice it. 
And an important thing to um, kind of keep in mind when, when you're doing this effect, I think, as a little side tip here, is assuming that you have that control on the compressor, and you certainly do in, in Logic, is to experiment with the release time there so you get the desired effect. If you have that too long, it, you might not get the rhythmic effect that you might be looking at, or it just ducks it out for way too long. And if you have it too short, it you know you might not get the full sound of the kick in there as well as the same as the, as the bass hit. So playing with the release time of the compressor is a good way to kind of make that effect stand out and get the results that you want. Yeah. There's other types of side chaining that can be done as well. It's not just for compression. You can side chain gates to gate a noise or to yeah. gate a sound. And I have used that effect where you send the output of the rhythmic value of what you want the gate to do to a channel stripper bus that goes nowhere. And then it will open the gate when the sound is on. So you get this rhythmic vibe that you can do on other things. And I've done that on guitars quite a bit where it's like, I need it to be like a machine gun type sound. And you just put a gate on there run a MIDI track that has the rhythmic value of what I want it and for how long it's to open it. And then when it's off, it's closed and you can do all kinds of fun rhythmic things with that. So it's not just compressors. Yeah. You can do it also with gates and other things as well. I think that the primary use, I think, tends to be the compression. But like you said, it, it we can do some very um, rhythmic and experimental things really mm -hmm. with that. And I know in, in Logic's ES1, I think, you can set that to input from an external source. So that's one that you can kind of do that with as well. When you just so anytime you hit a MIDI key essentially on the keyboard mm -hmm. with that track, it triggers the sound too. Much in the effect that, that you said there as a gated effect type of thing. Right. That's good. And of course, there are certain musical styles that rely heavily on this technique for the entire music bed, if you will. Sure. Like EDM, I remember, techno, um, dance, a lot of dance I, stuff. I remember Madonna's album Ray of Light when I kind of heard that the first time for in like a really extreme effect because you really hear that that sort of like sucking of the background music because it's it's triggered by the kick mm -hmm. and just kind of lowers everything because you get you get that sort of very very pronounced effect there. It's almost like listening to an ocean wave of music. <laughs> Because it's just a swell, <laughs> right, right? Yeah. The way you can do it as yeah. a swell, or you can do it choppy. But generally speaking, when they're going to do it on the entire track, a lot of the time it's not going to be for a choppy effect. It's more for a swelling effect. Any other cases where you use that in as an effect in your side chaining? Because I know for me the the vocal effect primarily, or whether it's any other lead instrument, but let's say like a guitar, but but having that so it's essentially getting side chained by itself to just kind of duck the uh, the delay or the whatever their spatial effect might be. I'd it say 90% of my, my time. Use. Yeah, 90% of my usage yeah. is to duck an effect out of the way of the main line so that the effect yeah. is still there and it's not suddenly just disappeared and missed. It's there, but it's brought out of the way so that it's not in the way of the lead thing that it's meant to complement. You could, of course, you could do all of this with automation, right? But you it could. can get tedious. Uh, tedious. And I think how you set up the side chain can just make it sound more natural, maybe, perhaps, or a little bit, because you're not, or uh, of course you could automate it however you want, but 
it will automatically ebb and flow with whatever you're feeding into the sidechain. So mm -hmm. it can get some, some pretty musical results. How would you compare that to, say, a dynamic EQ, which is kind of doing sort of the same thing? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, a, I don't want to say gray area, but I'm going to use that term anyway, because <laughs> you can get the same effect, like where you, if you're using it from, you know, now we're talking about EQ standpoint, right? So let's say again that you have, let's use kick again, right? Where you get a certain frequency where it can just get overpowering, where you could, you know, you might have it set up to a certain frequency of that annoying frequency that when it goes above a certain threshold, you you get, it actually reduces the level there a little bit. M much like, almost like a multiband compressor as well. It's, I guess yeah. it's like similar tools to do the same thing. But the EQ is based more on the the frequency and the Q that you're using and then the how much you want it to pull down or push up based on a threshold. Correct. We're thinking more about the frequency here when we're using that kind of tool, of course. We're not, I wouldn't use that to say, oh, I'm going to duck the bass out of the way for the kick. That, that wouldn't be the result, but more like if you have a bass line that gets too boomy in certain frequencies, we can use that uh, to kind of clean that up. So I think that the techniques maybe go hand in hand a little bit. But a little bit. I have used dynamic EQ to do exactly what you just said, to tighten up a bass when it gets too boomy in a right. particular frequency. Yeah. Or whatever that might be, maybe it's you know higher up in the register where – it just pokes out too much. Well, use a similar fact. You just have a different frequency or Q setting to, to deal with that. So the, the, it's a lot of creative stuff that can happen with sidechain compression or any of these other techniques that, that we're using. Sure. So it, it's some it's good good technique to have in your toolbox. And now let's just take a moment for a word from our sponsors. Let's talk about how we're going to actually put use of side chaining to work. How would you start? Well, let's take the example of the kick versus the bass. I would first insert a compressor on my bass track. Yeah. And on that compressor, I would choose, in the case I'm, if I'm using with Logic here, I would choose my kick track as the insert on the sidechain input. Mm -hmm. So now instead of the bass triggering the compressor, it is now my kick that is used as a trigger. And then I would adjust how much I want that to to affect the bass with the threshold and everything. But more importantly, like I said before, I would also adjust the release of the compressor so that I right. get that nice rhythmic effect and, and I get what I want. It's a three-step process, basically. You know, inserting the compressor on the track, in this case the bass track that we want to affect, so like the sidechain input, which is what we're going to use as the trigger. And then that's it. You know, adjust the levels to how much you want. And depending on how much you, you need to compress that, make sure that, you know, you don't go with any extreme values on your compressor. Sometimes a little bit goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So th that's how I would do it. But what about how would you use it if you're using the sort of like frequency method? Frequency in terms of EQ or frequency in terms of compression? Frequency in terms of like you're using a certain frequency to trigger the compressor. Well, that would depend upon the compressor itself and whether or not it has the ability to EQ in front of its to compression. Do that. So if it does yeah. not, I would run the trigger 
to a bus, the trigger sound. On that bus that okay. the trigger sound is going to, its output's going to go to nothing. But on that channel strip of that bus is going to be the EQ that's going to get some kind of crazy EQ curve to trigger the compressor mm-hmm. with. And like then the compressor is sitting upon the track that I want to use as compressed signal, so to speak, when the trigger is hit. I hope that's explained correctly to people out there. It's a little bit convoluted, yeah, but you, it does work. Yeah, you kind of almost want to see, like, you have, oh, here's a diagram of how we do this. <laughs> <laughs> I need a Venn diagram. Right. But, the, but the easiest way to, if possible, again, not, not every compressor has this functionality, but you can set in the compressors that do, you can set the frequency of the sidechain like I mentioned, like the Logic compressor. And others do this as well. I know the Sonox channel strip, I believe, has, has a sidechain mm-hmm. uh, functionality where you select a certain frequency as the trigger. If you, for example, have a, a track where there's, let's say that there's a percussion part or, or a certain frequency that, that just gets out of hand and you want to tame that, if you slap a compressor over the whole track, you're obviously affecting the whole signal, yes. right? But if you have a side chain and you can find that frequency to use that as just the, the trigger, you will have the compressor just kicking in and ducking the signal when that level is reached. So you can kind of effectively just affect part of the signal. Yeah. Hope that makes sense. It, it, everything sounds really, really convoluted <laughs> when you're trying to explain it. The simple truth is that I think most people would use it to in much in the way of, like we talked about the kick and the bass type of a thing, or and on the whole that is if doing dance much music to get the swelling, yeah. But which is a lot more of a straightforward type of thing, mm-hmm. and I think, although he didn't necessarily express it, I think I have a feeling that that is what Mitch is looking to do when he's using the the MPC. So. Let's move on to the so, MPC right now. How would Mitch do this on the MPC? I was exposed to one of these things where it actually is a pet peeve of mine where <laughs> they change the verbiage on some of the stuff that they do. And I think that can cause confusion. Yes. You don't have something called a side chainer in the MPC. What they call the insert is the mother ducker which is, hey, hey, look, nice play on words. Yeah, and that sounds really, really cool. But it can create confusion. If somebody's, you know, looking for, how do I sidechain here? Well, it's not called a sidechain. It's called the ducker, and in this case, the mother ducker. Well, it's also not even called the compressor either because it's not their compressor that does it. It's this particular. Yeah, it's a separate. Insert. It's called the mother ducker, yeah. Right. The way that you would do this is the track that you want to control Compressed. Let's say, let's use again the example of a kick in a bass, mm-hmm. right? Presuming we want to compress or duck the bass along with a kick, what you would do is you would insert this mother ducker on the bass track. Right. Now, on the kick track, you would insert something called the mother ducker input. Yes. Right. That that's goes on the track that we're using as the source. So to be to just there's a now, big clarity right there that's very different on the MPC. Not only do they call it 
not the compressor or side chaining of compression. They call it the mother ducker, which is the thing that's doing the actual ducking on the track that you're trying to do. They have an input guide, so to speak, called the mother ducker input, which is a separate insert or a separate plug-in on the MPC that resides on a different track that tells it, okay, you're going to go to what? You're going to go to, yeah, exactly. You are, whatever you set up on the mother ducker input is going to send to the mother ducker that's placed on another track. As the trigger. So what does that mean? Well, right, as the trigger. So you would set in the two parameter on the mother ducker input, you would select a bus. Let's say for sake of argument, we're using bus one, assuming that's not used for anything else in the arrangement. Right. So you're sending the then kicks going, input trigger of the mother ducker input to bus one, so to speak. Correct. And then go back to your mother ducker that is now sitting on the base track where we had it inserted initially. On that, you're going to set the from parameter to that same bus that you set in the to parameter of the mother ducker input. Right. So you're essentially going from your kick with the mother ducker input, sending on a bus there that is not used by anything else, that arrives in the mother ducker on your bass track that receives from on that same bus. Right. Cut Hopefully though. that makes sense, Mitch. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> the way I, I gathered that. And if that doesn't work, which it should, then Hit us I'm back. sorry, but that's the way, let, let us know, but that's the way that it should work. Now, make sure that the bus that you are using for this is not being used by anything else. Right. You know, I know I end up sounding like an old fart with this, but this is one of the things that causes confusion within people when different terminologies are being used. And I think it's unfortunate, you know, at least allude to it like side chaining input and not just call it the mother ducker to try to sound cool. Well, the, when me. you say side chaining input, that's the mother ducker input. <laughs> yeah, but right. But, but I'm saying, but instead, instead of calling it side chainer, no wonder it's confusing. Yeah. Oh, if you're it. doing like all sorts of like side chaining on it, it, but yeah, it's not, we don't even call it that. You know, how are you going to find out how to work it? But that's me. That's me. I, I'm big on terminology as we have discussed before, because yes. just in cases like this, it just helps communication and help people get to do what they want with their gear. Yeah. So that everybody has an understanding, you know? That's, yeah. I get so, it. I, I agree with it. I think the concept of them calling it the mother ducker is unfortunately silly, but maybe that's what they're going yeah, for. Well, I mean, who cares? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you you need to have a white lab coat on when you're doing this and doing all this professor stuff and everything is nice. But when it comes to certain techniques, I think it helps to have the terminology correct or at least along the lines of what's always being used. But sure, that's just me, man. Sidechaining, lots of creative opportunities. You already said that you don't use it all the time. I don't use it all the time. But it is a great way to... Get something out of the way. I agree. I've I've heard different sorts of like misconceptions about what side chaining is. I've heard people say, "Oh, it cleans up your timing." Well, no, it doesn't do that. It, it's just. But it could, if you're using a gate and you have sloppy timing, you could actually MIDI something and use a gate 
and sidechain the gate to clean up timing in that regard. You could. Well, it's a timed effect, but I would argue that if your timing is that bad and you're using a gate to do it, your chances are you're chopping off the attack. Well, yeah, you could be of, doing that. Of yes. the instrument, yeah. It's not that. That's a whole other discussion and a whole different concept to me. But um, <laughs> side chaining, yeah, it's one of those things that where I think the technique of doing it gets higher praise than it necessarily needs to be because I think people thought, oh, you side chaining this, are you side chaining that? No, but you know, I don't need to. So <laughs> depending on how you need to use it. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox right now. Good for you. And with that, let's move on to Friday Finds. Chris, what do you got for us this week? Well, this week I noticed that Waves came out with another NX plugin, meaning that it's a binaural mixing environment. Mm. They've previously had two versions of this. I think one is Ocean Way in Nashville, I think, and... Abbey Road, I think, but now they have released the CLA Mix Room or the CLA NX. Who doesn't like CLA? I know I do. <laughs> now, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I do like the concept here. I've mentioned before, like, you know, Slate has this own headphone system with, with a very, it's based on binaural hearing and essentially places you in different environments. Mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued by it because not everybody has a situation where you're mixing where you're in an ideal environment all the time. And let's say that you're on your road, you're mixing on headphones and things. And I think it's it's an intriguing technology where it helps you get like more of a reference than just trusting your headphones. So my Friday find is Waves CLA-NX. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you got for us? I'm going hardware this week. And I'm going nice. hardware for guitar players. And that is... Oh, even nicer. Yeah. Magnetic Effects has a new phaser pedal called Eye to Eye. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like a good phaser effect? I know I do. And I've got quite a few of them. Right. <laughs> Not in hardware <laughs> form most of the time, but I do have MXR phaser pedal. We have Magnetic Effects has created their phaser pedal called Eye to Eye. And that is my pick for this week for those that need to get some cool phasing effects. And you always do, don't you? Of course. So with that... While we've still got your attention, we'd like you to go to our website and sign up for our mailing list. You'll get weekly reminders about the tips that come out every Tuesday, and we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you're on the email list, you are automatically entered into any giveaway that we have going on. To find the email list subscription form, if you're on a desktop, it's on the right-hand side of the website. If you're on a phone, you have to scroll down on any given page to the bottom of the page. It just automatically shoots itself to the bottom. In addition to that, if you send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the word sidechain, you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic of suggestion like today's episode for us to explain in a future episode, please contact us and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. And with that, I'm going to say see you next week, Chris. Have a good one, Jody. 